Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi. So, Mara, Lee Philip Bell recently celebrated her 90th birthday. And in the new issue, we have quotes from actors on Young and Restless and Bold and Beautiful telling us why they love her. So it got me thinking, where do you think soaps would be without the Bell family? So she, along with husband William J. Bell, co-created both YNR and B&B. Their son, Brad Bell, is the current executive producer and head writer of B&B. And Laura Lee Bell has been playing YNR's Christine since the 80s, when I and many others referred to her as Cricket. But Bill Bell's influence was felt in daytime well before he created his own shows. Absolutely. Uh, the lineage that the Bell family has in daytime stretches back to the days of radio. His his mom was a huge fan of radio serials. So he grew up listening to shows like Our Gal Sunday and The Romance of Helen Trent, which were the uh, precursors to the modern soaps. And I absolutely think it's just so fascinating how he got into the biz is that he was working in advertising. And as an account executive, he ran into Erna Phillips, who was the creator of Guiding Light and As the World Turns. And they struck up a conversation and a friendship. And she hired him to write dialogue for Guiding Light, saw how talented he was, and a year later brought him over to As the World Turns. And they wrote that show together. It was the number one show in daytime at the time for several years. And Fast forwarding a few years in 1964, they created Another World together, which uh, made its debut on NBC. And then two years later, uh, he was hired by NBC to head right Days of Our Lives. He was all over the daytime world. It's incredible because if you look at the stories he created on Days, some of them still resonate today. I mean, if you talk about that amazing Bill-Mickey-Laura triangle mm-hmm. that led to the birth of Michael and the discovery that Mickey wasn't his father, but Bill was, it took so many years for that secret to come out, which was really a hallmark of Bill Bell's storytelling. Right. And I, I feel like we don't really see many of those you know, intricate, years-long storylines anymore. And when we do, it's frequently met with a lot of frustration from the fans. I mean, I'm thinking about on General Hospital, I remember feeling so much anxiety, like, when are we going to find out that Jake Doe is Jason? Uh, But then I think about, you know, Young and the Restless, the secret of uh, Christian's paternity is actually fueled storyline for several years without really feeling like like it was lagging too much. And it's still playing out today. If you think I mean, we just saw Victor confess that he knew the truth about uh, who had sired that child. I mean, what's your take on what constitutes like the right pace for a soap secret? It's a funny question to ask because I feel the way we watch TV today or the way you stream it or you binge it, like you really expect immediate results. And mm-hmm. yet that really isn't very soapy in a sense. So 
it's hard also for us because we know what's going to happen. And so we kind of know the end of the story. So even if it's going to take six months to get there, like like with Days of Our Lives, which is six months in advance. So we kind of know what, where it's going. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little more patient because I know what the end is going to be. Right. So it's almost like hard for me to judge. But I do feel that there is something to dragging it out. It makes the story so much more impactful when the secret comes out. I love those stories. I love those moments. The Nick Christian story is like the most perfect example recently. So I don't know. I kind of like it. I don't want to wait too long, Mm -hmm. but I do want to wait. What about you? Well, I I think when the keeping of the secret has stopped creating what feels like new complications or new uh, emotional layers, like when the story feels like it's just treading water until May sweeps or November sweeps, then it's it's probably outlasted its usefulness. Like, I'm not the biggest fan personally of, you know, repeated conversations of characters discussing over and over with the same people. Should I tell or should I not tell? You know, you want it to be moving story forward. Yeah, and probably if they had that conversation that's they would be saying and then somebody would overhear them and then one more person <laughs> right. is like let Looped in on the in, secret. Yes. Um, but I kind of feel like at that point if you feel you should probably tell um, <laughs> unless there's something juicy like right around the corner like it's time the secret should come out. Right. Absolutely. So going back to the trajectory of, of Bill Bell's career one of the, the major ways that he shook up the genre in a really lasting way is that when when he was first writing soaps Soaps were very chaste. They were very staid. There weren't love scenes. Married couples had separate beds. It was such a different time across the television landscape. And he really saw the value and the relatability and the saleability of allowing characters to be sexual beings. And I think that really, really came to fruition in the show that was his vision, along with Lee's Young and the Restless, which had uh, a lot of skin and a lot of sex appeal when it started. It was really revolutionary uh, in its day when the show started in 1973 to have as many characters wearing as few clothes as was happening on Young and the Restless. But I think that like upping the, the steaminess factor is something that like every soap fan with a favorite couple and a favorite love scene has Bill Bell to thank for. Well, it's funny. You think about that Time Magazine cover with Susan Hayes mm-hmm. and Bill Hayes and the cover line there was sex and suffering in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I think it really changed the course of where soaps went because I feel like if you even ask the most casual viewer today, they'll probably tell you that that's all they think they are to an extent. Oh, they're really sexy or people are always kissing and that really isn't the truth, but it has become like a very vital part of the industry. You know, there are countless ways in which he was really a truly master storyteller. Um, So Ken Corday, who is the executive producer of Days, whose parents created the show, will always quote Bill to me saying, give me a great script, two great actors, and a waterfall, and who the hell needs the waterfall? And I think that really says it all. And especially what we see today, you know, with all you need is good actors and good storytelling. You don't need props. You don't need crazy sets. It just, that's why people tune in. They want to see this drama between characters. And I think that's why soaps are still here today. I think that's why they've endured for so many years. It's the most basic principle of soap storytelling. And I think in ways, if you look back at shows like, say, Guiding Light, when it moved to PPAC and sort of tried to change Mm -hmm. the genre, I don't know that people are really looking for this genre to change. And in a way, that's what's so comforting about it. And that's why it's so enduring. I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, talking about Bell Bell, I am remembering uh, sort of a funny story of, of me meeting him when I was, I think, a freshman in high school. Um, it was the, the summer of 1991. Soap Opera Digest had sponsored like a 
a traveling tour, I think. I remember Blown Up Soap Opera Digest covers, and maybe they went from city to city with um, luminaries of the genre. Uh, I, I just know that I had the opportunity in Chicago, which is where I'm from, to go see Bill Bell. Uh, speak and maybe some other people from the island of Restless were there as well. I remember my mom took me. She wanted to be anywhere in the world but there. She did not watch soaps. Um, <laughs> and I remember that Bill gave a talk and then they like opened it up to questions from the audience. And clearly, like budding soap opera digest reporter that I was, I was called on. He probably thought, oh, this, you know, this nerdy girl in the glasses is going to ask me something softball. No. I demanded answers as to why Nina Arvison was killed off Young and the Restless uh, as Cassandra Rollins. I'm like, you went through all the trouble to redeem her, and then you killed... Uh, and he was very caught off guard. So I think I probably looked really different by the time our paths crossed again many years later. Uh, but that's a pretty funny memory for me. I think that was like the first interview question I ever lobbed at anyone in the business. It was meant to be. Exactly. That you wound up here. Exactly. Um, something else we could say about Bill Bell is that he had a great eye for talent and more or less discovered our guest today, Michelle Stafford, who he cast as Phyllis on YNR in 1994. Let's get her on the line. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you, girl? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm great, in fact, I'm great. So, Michelle, before we got you on the phone, we were just discussing the legacy of Bill Bell. Ah, I love that. Yeah, tell us about your first encounter with him. Oh, I've I've told this story a million times, though. I think I'm going to bore the people because I've told it a million times. My first encounter with him is when I read for Phyllis, and uh, we were all sitting in the waiting room, and he walked by, and he had, you know, those powerful people who just have a thing about them, you know? They just have, like, a glow. They have a glow. They glow. He glows. And he, he walked by, and he, and he just, you know, he didn't stop, and he just walked through all of us and said, hello, girls, and kept on walking. <laughs> and um, I went in and read... And he was clicking the entire reading. He was clicking um, his pen, you know, with the pens that you, you know, you click on the top to come in and out, mm-hmm. you know, like um, a bit. Yeah. He was clicking his pen, clicking his pen the whole time I was reading. And I, I remember thinking, oh, God, I'm so, because I'm, I, you know, you go on a million auditions and I just thought I, I'm totally boring this guy. He's totally bored with me. And I was really bummed out. Like I, I kind of checked out in the audition because he kept on clicking his pen. And um, so I did the whole thing and I left there. And I walked out and I got in the elevator. I just started sobbing. Like Aww. I think I'd locked my, my I, like the, that day, I, that morning I'd locked my keys in my car, you know, and, and like it was just a, just because I'm like, oh, another audition, another thing I didn't get, you know? So, so that I got it after, um, that I got it uh, that day. I was like really stunned because I thought he was completely bored with my audition. And, and I heard afterwards from one of the girls in the office, like months afterward, that when, when they, all the auditions finished, that he walked out and said, I want the girl in the red dress. And like I'd, I'd worn this like real, like really like scarlet red dress because I felt like she was, even though it didn't say she was a vixen, I felt like she was more of a vixen because, um, in order to, you know, get Danny away from cricket, it, it would have to be more of a sexual, like 
encounter, you know. You were a saucy minx anyway. is what you're telling me. Yeah, I was like, I was a saucy minx. I was. Yep. I tried to be. Um, over the years, like, was he on set a lot? Like, did you get to know him as a person? And what, what was no. he like? No, no, he wasn't on set a lot. No, in fact, you, you didn't ever see him. And he referred to everybody as honey or your character name because he honestly, as Lordly says, he honestly just could not remember anyone's name. <laughs> so you were always honey, <laughs> honey or your character's name, which is fine with me. You know, it was fine with me. But yeah, he was always lovely to me. And, um, uh, uh, you know, all the way to the end, he was always so incredible. I mean, the entire family really has always been incredible. I still have so much love for that family. And um, they're they're just good people. They're really, really good people. And I love that you're still such buddies with Laura Lee, because I certainly remember well, yeah. on screen, your dynamic was certainly far from friendly. But I, I think that in order to have a good rivalry on screen you have to have a very strong connection as friends. I think those work better because I've, I've had situations where I, I, where I didn't dislike the person that I had a rivalry with. It wasn't like, it wasn't that, but I just didn't know them as well. Right. And, and it didn't work as well. It's like, it, it works better when you guys are real homie. It works rather, better. Mm-hmm. Well, that certainly worked. Do you ever imagine what your career might have looked like had you never met Bill Bell? I have wondered, you know, because I, I never thought I would do a soap ever. Like, I referred to it as a soap, right? I never thought, like, because I auditioned for some, and I had auditioned for One Life to Live, I think, like, a year before this. And the comment back was, we're going pretty. And I was like, oh, you mean prettier, and they were like, no, they wanted pretty. <laughs> so I just didn't think, I know, it's funny. That's and it insane. Funny Paul Roush, Paul Roush was the producer at the time. And how funny that I came to work with him later on, you know. But uh, I've never told Frank that story either. I'm sure he was at One Life to Live at the time. But I, so I just didn't think, I didn't think that I, I had the, I, I just didn't think that I was right for soap. That's all. So, and, and here you are. So, yeah, yeah, here you are several like, Emmys oh, later. Right, but like but like dude, what how it's over it's over twenty years. It's crazy. Which is crazy. Um on that note, yeah. you recently celebrated your fourth anniversary on General Hospital. And I did which is amazing. Um, and you've had some pretty awesome material of late. Um, I want to go back to Nathan's funeral episode, which was so beautifully done, and the amazing eulogy you delivered. Um, what do you remember about shooting that episode? I, I it was actually really interesting. Well, I don't know how interesting this is. But I, I guess oh, then, then don't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you guys decide. You guys decide. It was interesting. But but uh, you know that was like that monologue was like five pages. Right. And, and it was written so well, it was written so well. I was like, this is really beautiful. And so I went to the director. I said, do you want me to memorize this? And he's like, Oh God, no, 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 no. In fact, we'll be on a bunch of other things. The, uh, the only time we'll be on you is at the end. And, and so I was like, okay. So then I kind of got it. I, I read it. I was like, shit, I need to memorize this. Like I need to be off book for this whole thing. 
because it was so beautiful. It was written so well. And, um, and I felt like emotionally, I would, I, I can't be like looking for words and holding a paper when, um, it was such a real, uh, you know, um, what she was saying was so real about her history and her childhood and stuff and how she felt about this guy. So, and telling, telling them stuff. So I was saying, and they ended up, um, not, uh, shooting the things that they wanted to do. They ended up staying on me longer because they felt that, that it was, um, and, and staying on, on the looks of everybody in the room. Cause they felt that that emotionally was more, um, impactful. I, God, that really sounds so like I'm patting myself on the back. I mean, I just listened to myself <laughs> and I'm not, Oh it doesn't. God. Throw up. Throw up in my mouth. <laughs> it doesn't. I, oh, my God. It's horrible. It does. I mean, oh, and they kept on me because I was so fantastic. <laughs> I'm not saying it like... too compelling to cut away from. Too compelling. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. It was just really cool that they changed They changed it because it was more emotional. But it, it, it was like having everybody be affected by it. Um, by the story and stuff was what I think is what got to people, you know? Absolutely. And wait, tell us about having, so it was an open casket that, that they, that they shot and Ryan well, was in the casket. Because he's so beautiful. Right. <laughs> it's so beautiful. They can't close off that, <laughs> that gorgeous face and body. <laughs> Here, close, close the casket door. Um, let's get rid of that guy. They can't do that. So yeah, he had his, he had his phone like next to him and he was like texting in between. It was funny. <laughs> it was really funny. Only at a soap opera funeral. Exa- but I yeah. thought, I actually thought that that show was done really well. I was really proud of that show, the entire thing. I thought it was really an homage to, to men and women of service. And, and I thought it was done with such class. I really loved it. Yeah, there there were a lot of moments in that episode that that stayed with me for a long time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in terms of you know Nina's emotional range, though, I, I I'm thinking of the other spectrum that I really love the the cork that you bring to Nina, and I have to tell you that I laughed out loud on the nurses' ball red carpet when Nina kind of scrambled to get there, and your co-host told you that you had just missed Liz and Franco. The look on your face cracked me up. <laughs> Was that scripted at all that she had a reaction to like, oh gosh, I just dodged the bullet of seeing my ex? No, no, (laughs) but, but yeah, she's like, oh good. (laughs) Like she didn't, she didn't have to do much and I was going to do that. But then Frank suggested that I do that too. He's like, you know, when he says, I guess I'll, and, and I was like, yeah, 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 of course. That's so funny. How do you feel when they, or that they've still asked you to host the red carpet for the nurse's ball? Like, did you think it was going to be a one and done? Or are you happy that you're still the person? Yeah, I did. I thought it was going to be one and done. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one and done. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, we've got, it's a lot more tame. Like the first year she did it, it's like, I, I kind of was like, Nina should just be that person who should, who thinks that she's amazing in front of the camera, but she really is horrible. <laughs> you know, like, like she should never be holding a microphone or be in front of the camera. I decided the first year. Right. So now it's kind of, you kind of can't play that beat anymore because they keep on asking her back. So I can't play like 
oh, I'm a bumbling idiot. But I, I kind of still make her like slightly inappropriate to be doing a job like that. <laughs> Which I enjoy. Mission accomplished. Um, you've also had Good. some really awesome scenes recently dealing with Nina's grief over her brother, Nina and Valentine's breakup, and Nina and Peter in the cabin. Um, how has it been for you to play such emotional material? Uh, fun. You know, that's like why we do it, right? Like, that's like, it's totally fun. It's, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's like, it's the story now, but like, but, but she can't keep on crying over her brother. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to to emotionally go there because she loved her brother so much and he was the only thing good in her life. So for me, those scenes aren't hard. They're, you know, scenes that are harder where you're like, wait, huh? You know, wait, why am I saying this and explaining this exposition? You know, the, like those are harder. But, you know, like scenes where where she's so devastated over her brother, she's just talking and she says something about him and I just start crying, you know, like that's what you do. You know, that's what you do in life. Like everybody knows, like you've lost somebody and you're cool. And then you go to the grocery store and you see something, a milk carton that reminds you, and then you just like lose your shit in aisle 17, <laughs> you know, out of, As I'm laughing. out of nowhere. <laughs> Like, it's just grief is a really, really interesting, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I just, you, you, everybody grieves differently and, and it's all, all, but it makes sense that she would be devastated because truly her brother was the only thing good in her life. So, um, you've worked with so many different people on the show. Is there anyone you haven't worked with a lot that you would really love to have scenes with? You know what? I've worked with everybody. Yeah, you're right. I've worked with everyone. Uh, um, you know, uh, is, are there more people I'd like to have scenes with? Shoot. Oh, God. I mean, I, I guess, you know, like, Vanilla, I'd like to work with her more because she's so good and she's my homie. I like I like working with Michael Easton and this new guy he plays. I like this new guy he plays. Um, uh, it's kind of fun. Um, who else is good? Who else is good? <laughs> Everyone with, is amazing, with, Michelle. What do you mean? <laughs> I work with good people, though, you guys. Like, I mean, I, and I have your right. I work with everyone. Well, I don't know. I'd like Tristan to see, Rogers, like, I, you know, yeah. Tristan Rogers is kind of cool. That like, would be fun. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think he's super sexy. Like, I'm like, I was watching him, you know, put the cuffs on Valentine. <laughs> Man. And I was like, oh, someone just knocked on my door. Sorry. And I was like, oh, he's kind of super hot. I like him as as this guy. Wait, he's you know, he's Robert Scorpio, yeah. I know, I know, but I've seen him on. I, I listen. I watched him as Robert Scorpio, of course, in in my life. But then I was used to him on YNR because I worked with him on YNR, right? And then and he's back here, and I'm like, oh, I like him as this guy. I like him as Robert again. I want him to stay. That's why I feel. Yeah, ditto. A hundred percent. You are not alone. Really? Ditto? Really? Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I hope he stays. Scorpio, I are love, you kidding? I love him. No, I love him. I love he, that he's just like whatever. I mean, I just love him. And he's kind of quirky and fun, too. Well, I was going to say that I would love some Nina and Drew scenes. I think that would be fun for also YNR fans to see, like, 
Phyllis and Billy of yesteryear together in a new show and doing yeah. stuff. Well, we may have some coming up, my folks, mm. and my friends. Spoiler oh, alert. Maybe, maybe not. May- <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, we will see. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. It's so funny when I like write things about the show and then I say, oh, something Nina and, the, and people get mad at me because they haven't seen it yet. And I'm like, oh, my God, then don't go on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we tend to have that problem, too. Um, <laughs> totally. So <laughs> outside of the show, you have a lot of irons in the fire, including your skincare line, Skin Nation. Where does this entrepreneurial? Yes, where does this entrepreneurial streak come from? It just—it's just total one hundred percent unbridled fear. Of <laughs> um, being broke and being a pauper and living on the street with my two children. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, like super serious. I mean, funny, but it is—it's it's serious. Like when my son came. There, there. I tweaked. I was just like, "Oh my God! I have. I am. I'm a sole parent of two children. What did I do? What did I do? I have two children here. I've got to uh, create my future. I got to create a future for them. They can't, you know. And so it's it it is like it's goal driven, but it is slightly fear driven. <laughs> it can be and, a powerful motivator. I, yeah, it's a it is. But it's also like I really. I'm having such a fun time uh, doing it. I'm having such a great time with, you know, women using the products and, and their skin changing and, and they, and they all love it. They all love it. But I really love helping women and we have a men's line now. And because a lot of men were like, Hey, what about us? And I'm like, you know, men want to look good. Men want to take care of themselves, but they don't want to necessarily like buy it. So I'm like, here girls, buy this for your man. So we have our men's line and we're going to have some um, stuff for youth for teenagers and, and babies. And we're just really expanding and everything that we're making with the company, we're putting right back in the company. We're going to have some formulas in the future, in the future that are preservative free, which are really amazing. And um, you know, it's plant-based skincare and body care, with um, organic and natural ingredients. And, and it, it came to be when I just saw, you know, what was in skincare. And it was like bad, things like battery acid, aluminum, and people are washing their bodies with this. Is so, that bad? So this, <laughs> well, listen, you know, to each his own, to each his own. But, uh, you know, it goes right into your body. And, and it, I, I would, would assume it would tweak with your endocrine system. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these are, these are really great. People are... Are, are really loving them and, and knock on wood, you know. Oh, I was cracking up when I was watching one of your Instagram stories and Will DeVry was reviewing the fragrance on your men's care uh, skin oh, products. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, wait, tell me. Who, I know. And it was like, oh, I can't smell it. And I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> you know. So who at, at General Hospital has been a guinea pig for your product and who, who uses it? Oh, Everybody. Everybody. And, and honestly, I forget to give it out. I, I think that a lot of people want it, but they feel kind of, you know, shy to ask me. But, but uh, who's used it? Um, Becky Herbst, Vanessa Antoine, Finola, Laura, Kelly, Becky Buttick, who just split. 
and had everybody else. I mean, everyone. I've given it to everyone, the people in the office, the writers. Frank uses it now. And Frank's like, I've never used anything like this. So, so he uses it now. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be giving more out soon. But we have been really, really um, doing incredible in sales. So, so it's like I'm trying to kind of keep up with it, you know. Well, uh, congratulations on that. And also, you are now a beauty host on Extra. How did that come about? Yeah, I'm their beauty host, dude. Amazing. They Well, they did a thing. They did a piece on on Skin Nation. They did a piece on it. And um, SkinNation.com, by the way. Hello, SkinNation.com. But they did a piece on it. And then uh, they asked me if I wanted to host their beauty segment. And so I was like, yeah. So, and their beauty segments are really about like what's new in cosmetic um, treatment. And it's really fascinating. Like the things that are being, that are like really cutting edge in cosmetic treatments, it's no longer really going under the knife. It's doing things that kind of revive your own collagen, which is a protein in your skin. And, and like it, it revives your own collagen. So you don't look like a fake face. You just look better. You know, because we all know, like, the fake face is bad, and no one's no one's noticing the good the good stuff. They're noticing the bad stuff. Uh, when are you going to start airing as their beauty host? On the fifteenth of June. So far, that's what they've told me. It will be the fifteenth, but believe me, I'll be promoting it. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. I just love, by the way, yeah. that the person who was deemed not pretty by the powers that be had <coughs> one life to live back in the day is now the beauty host for Extra TV. Yeah, I know. Piss off, right? <laughs> Take that. So you're raising two completely adorable children, Natalia and Jameson. Um, how Thank d- you for saying so, Stephanie. <laughs> we love them and we love all your Insta stories and the photos. Keep mm-hmm, them coming. Mm-hmm. There's never enough. Um, how did you spend Mother's Day? I, oh, it was so cute. They, they made like, quote, breakfast for me. It was like, <laughs> really, I kind of made it myself, but it's okay. <laughs> and then, but, but they made, <laughs> they made something for me and then we ate it in bed. And then, and then I had to really school my daughter and be like, no, you have to do things for me today. This is what Mother's Day is. You, I don't do things for you. You do things for me. And at the end of the day, we did end up going to Toys R Us, which is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, that was for you, right? But I, yeah, right. But I ate a bunch of carbs. Like I ate a bunch of food. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm like, this is day. Um, being a mom is super hard. Uh, and and um, and awesome. But I feel like I really um, earned. The, the whole, like, do whatever I want for myself. So I had a bunch of bagels, and I had a bunch of, you know, food that I wouldn't usually eat, which was awesome, you know? Sounds so, like a great day. I know, right? That's how I spent it. I think that everybody should have that kind of day. I was thinking of having that kind of day today, you know, and just going to Krispy Kreme and just eating, like, 12 dozen donuts in one sitting. I think everybody should. Yeah. Why don't you, <laughs> you insta-story that? We'll, we'll watch you. I'll insta-story that. Okay. But you know what? I think that, and then not feel bad about it, because I see people go, oh, I ate too much. But just just own it 
and be like, this is what I did. Cool. <laughs> you know, not going to do it every day, you know, but why not do it today? So before we let you go, we're going to play a fun like lightning round of all the men you've worked with. And you tell us what pops into your head when you hear their name. We're going to start with before Michael. You said, yeah. Before you said all the men I've worked with. When it was all the men you, I was about to go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a game for another time. <laughs> all right, so Yeah, that's a game when you guys are out here in Los Angeles and we're at a bar and we're drinking cocktails. <laughs> exactly. That's happening. Um, okay, so let's start with Michael Damien. Oh, Michael Damien, lover, lover. Oh, I love him, lover. He was Danny on YNR. We should we should probably clarify. Danny then, Romalotti. Danny Romalotti. Danny so, Romalotti. All right, let's move on to Joshua Morrow, Mr. Nick Newman on YNR. <laughs> um, oh, funny, funny. That's what comes to mind. Funny. Okay, uh, Peter Bergman, who plays Jack on YNR. Uh, um, class. Class. Roger Howarth, Franco to your Nina on GH. Complex, but amazing. But you know what? Them people are going to get on me because I said complex, and complex is not a bad thing. But I had said that before about him, and people were like, oh, she doesn't like him. And I'm like, oh, he is. He's a very complex, but but amazing guy. So, okay. Okay, good for clarifying. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, James Patrick Stewart, who plays Valentine. Oh, happiness. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. The, t- the two of you, uh, I-, I interviewed the two of you together, and that was such a riot. That interview stands out in my mind so much. Your uh, humor together is pretty awesome. Yeah, he's very funny. I love him. He's such a good guy. What a- he's a great guy to work with. I mean, he's so, he is professional. He is, you know, uh, interested in making it better. Uh, he's a great guy. He's very respectful of me respectful of the way I want to do it. Um, I try to be respectful of him. (laughs) (laughs) But he's lovely. He's really lovely. Well, wonderful. Uh, So we could talk to you all day, but we have to go. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. And we will do it again soon. Yeah, we appreciate it. I hope so. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Michelle. Be sure to pick up the latest issue of Soap Opera Digest on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.